As far as fucking bears are concerned, I say get rid of them all. They had their turn, and now we got ours. That's why dinosaurs don't exist no more. Wasn't it a meteor? They're all meat eaters. Meteor. Meteor. Take it easy. Take it easy, everyone. We're in season five of The Sopranos. This, my friends, is Cut to Black, a Soprano sit-down. I'm Jim Scampoli, and I've seen every episode of The Sopranos. I'm Jacob Burrows, and I've seen 53 episodes of The Sopranos. And, I mean, first comment is, it's wild that we just have two seasons left, even if the last one is kind of split in two. That's wild to me, Jim. Yeah. Uh, and we're here. First episode of season five, uh, two Tonys. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been sitting there thinking, who actually put this thing together? Do you have any information on that? I do. Written by David Chase and Terrence Winter. Uh, also directed by Tim Van Patten, uh, who notably directed the first two episodes of Game of Thrones as well. Uh, plus, mm. they're all they're all Sopranos mainstays. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. It's we're not getting a lot of these solo uh, writer directors. It's kind of a lot of the same names, but that's a good thing in my opinion. Yes, and I will say like we've gotten to the point where you say the names like me and the listeners are both like, yeah, we get it, Jim. Okay, yes, it's fucking Terrence Winter again, like <laughs> in a good way, like you said. Um, so yeah, we're heading into season five. I hope everyone's excited. Uh, it's an interesting start to things. Uh, what's your feeling rewatching this? Because I believe you've not really watched this bit of the show very much uh, before, right? Yeah, that is correct. So I'm kind of almost going into unknown ground here. Uh, I I I remember some beats here and there, but yeah, there's these are things that like I thought maybe some of this stuff happened in season four, or maybe some of this stuff happened later, but no, nah, it's happening now. So uh, I'm right with you trying to get caught up. One thing that should be noted, uh, speaking of the writers and directors, a lot of the names being reset over and over again. Uh, uh, a young whippersnapper by the name of Matthew Weiner joins the or Weiner, I guess maybe you wouldn't say Weiner. Uh, joins the writing team this year. That's right, the creator of Mad Men, and he also has a cameo in this episode. I don't know if you saw that in the little factoids. No, I missed that. Who is he? He's the guy on the TV talking about the mob, talking about uh. like the, the class of 04, people getting out. Um, so yeah, the, I feel like when I started watching Mad Men, and I was like, oh yeah, this kind of is like later Sopranos. And yeah. so I don't know if that's his influence on the Sopranos or the Sopranos' influence on him as a writer, probably a little bit of both, but uh, something to be called out, I'd say. That's interesting. I mean, we are both Mad for Mad Men, hashtag yeah. Mad for Mad Men. Check out our upcoming podcast, <laughs> Mad for Mad Men. And uh, I mean, yeah, that's that's interesting. I, I, I look forward to seeing if that's actually a noticeable shift or if it's just a, like an... Uh, a continued evolution of what it was before. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's get into the details of the old ep here. We start with some shots of the Soprano Manor, basically. And I love this because it's showing it's like, it feels like an old decrepit castle. It feels like it's showing it as like the rundown husk of a family sort of thing. And I'm like, I am fully expecting when the camera moves down the drive uh, that there's going to be a for sale sign. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, but uh, I, I thought they were even going to go that far. That felt like what they were building to. But no, it's it's enough to just have the newspaper because we all know that every season starts with Tony getting his fucking newspaper. And now, no, no more. It is uh, really fun how the, we still do the, the, the camera shot as if we were following Tony 
down the driveway yeah. <laughs> to get his paper, and then the camera pans down, and Meadow drives over the paper. Um, oh, and actually, the song that they're playing there, um, I meant to already have this pulled up. Uh, it's a Mary Lou Harris song, and I believe it plays at the end as well. Um, yeah. I just wanted to pull this up real quick. Uh, well, while you're pulling that up, yeah. can I shout out how fucking dirty this car is, this dirty-ass <laughs> car she's driving around? Uh, I don't know if this is one she got as a present in a previous episode or if it's one of these expensive separation gifts I, I keep hearing about, uh, but either way, it's dirty as fuck. Well, I feel like it's also the whole uh, the evolution we've seen of Meadow of how she's separating herself a little bit trying to i mean because we saw her when aj went to this into the city she was working at like kind of a pro bono uh like law firm that was doing work for like you know poor people because remember even aj couldn't believe the place so i feel like and then she's like living with roommates even though yes they're royalty but it's like the rich liberal like she can't have this super nice car she can't have her friend's car from season two that nice suv you know she's gotta be, be one of the common men um yeah. Yeah, I, I just want to call wait, is, out. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, is this not a nice car? I just assumed it was oh, a I nice didn't, car. I, I didn't think it. Cars. I didn't think it was nice, but I don't know a lot about cars either. I mean, it's got one of those uh, where you take off the ceiling things. That's nice. That's fancy, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's buckle. It's fucked up, uh, but still, well, it's looks like a, I think it's to like me. a Mustang, and Mustangs are they're not like expensive. I mean, they're not shit. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's let us know. Are you into cars? <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> Shows at yeah, show at gmail.com. Uh, really, we don't know. But I want to call out a few lyrics here. Maybe we'll talk about the song towards the end, too. But um, uh, like the first verse, every night it's the same. I feel your heart turn cold as rain and know that you'll be gone again. I hear the front door close. You say you got to go downtown. I guess there's someone else you found. So why are you still coming around? Heaven only knows. Uh, mm. And... Uh, verse two, I've heard it said the talk is cheap, but still your words cut so deep. Lay me crying in my sleep and the pain just grows. I don't know who's right or wrong, but all we had is dead and gone. So why you keep me hanging on? Heaven only knows. And I mean, I guess as we see, Tony, you know, the as we've uh, the end of season four, the marriage is over. They're separated. But, you know, mm. he's still creeping around because he's Tony Soprano and that's what he does. Yeah, of course. Well, yeah, I was going to say, if there's uh, any other interpretation there, maybe him and Melfi, like he's yeah. creeping around there as well, Absolutely. obviously. Yeah. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so we we do get to see Matthew or Manny Safier, uh, author of Mob Rule on television, talking about how they're going to release all these new characters conveniently in the first episode <laughs> is kind of how I saw it. Like, yeah, cool, new characters. Um, and they're talking about what goes in must come out and they've served their time and shit's about to get whack. And it's like almost the most mob thing we have in like it's almost like promising the audience like don't worry there's gonna be mob stuff later <laughs> like but we're gonna deal with this bear for a while first yeah and we do see i mean they show feech lamana who who does get out in this episode we do see a juniors later we'll talk about that uh but they do show uh tony blundetto uh tony soprano's cousin played by steve steve buscemi who's directed a few episodes of the sopranos and He's on his way. Uh, yeah. And we also see uh, Phil Leotardo, who's played by the late, great, I'm um, spacing on his name. God damn it. 
because uh, he's from Goodfellas. I don't even know. I don't know any of these characters. Uh, Frank Vincent. Yes, yeah, because Frank Vincent's from Goodfellas. He's the guy that's like, go home and get your fucking shine box, and then they right. murder him in the yeah. bar. He's always, you know, he's in all the Scorsese movies. He can't be a Sopranos. I mean, it can't be a, a mob movie slash show without Frank Vincent. It took this long to get him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, nice little preview of some of the characters to come. But, yeah, Feach Lamana, who we've heard about many times uh, with his card game, you know, Tony, yeah. Uh, oh, they, yeah. they stuck up his card game and then uh, friggin' what's his name? Uh, Jackie Jr. tried to do his own version of that and that didn't work out too well. Uh, oh, so I think that's kind of <laughs> cool as well. Yeah, it's nice to see it all connect up a little bit with all the like stories going around. We do also, I mean, this is uh, sort of moving forward, but there's the, it's like these stories that become mythology within the mob family. There's like the story of the Russian that gets brought up. But <laughs> before we get to that, um, so whose house is this? Which houses are they in, uh, Jim? Oh, I believe they're at um, Livia's house, which is what Jan- right. where Janice lives now, but she's taking up the the toll of keeping the Sunday family dinners going. Uh, yes. And Bobby but, and his family are there as well. But she's married to Bobby now. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, because they even they have where she's like, ah, oh, where's my wedding ring? Hmm. Yeah, and she's digging in the trash for an yeah. uh, appropriate way to end the scene. <laughs> but yeah, they're married now. So like, are they, I guess they're living in that house then because she goes like, it's my house, Tony. I wouldn't think they'd be living separately. So I'm guessing they moved out of uh, the old widow widow house and uh, moved in here to the house where uh, she almost became a uh, widow as well uh, which, because she murdered her last boyfriend in that very kitchen. <laughs> very true. Which, but we also learned is basically like down the street. Cause remember yeah, when she oh, was yeah, wa- of course. watching them with <laughs> binoculars in that episode? <laughs> yeah. Uh, lots of fucked up stuff here. And we can see Bobby. He's, He's settled into married life again. Like, remember how much he was crying over his wife? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, to minimize that. I'm just saying he, after she passed away, he realized he wasn't cherishing what he had. And now he's kind of seems a bit more relaxed into the role of, like, yeah, I'll be right there, whatever. <laughs> like, So that's nice to see. Yes, yeah. I mean, I guess we need to connect the dots from, you know, them singing I Got You, Babe, in the finale, and now here we are, I guess, and they're married. Uh, what What was the... Uh, I mean, this aired, what, March 7th, 2004? Uh, well... So when was the breakdown? When did Whitecaps air? I don't I don't trust the, these time differences in this show, but uh, supposedly, I mean, oh, yeah, it's 2002 in yeah. December the Whitecaps aired, uh, but it's been a year according to Wikipedia. I don't see that uh, indicated necessarily on the screen, but uh, that's what I assume anyway. It sounds yeah. like... I, I think they right. always kind of go that route, except for when they cheated like the end of season yeah. three to season four, but I guess that makes sense. But yeah, but think of this in real time. You know, like, ah, oh, sweet, the final episode of Sopranos. I can't wait for next season. And then, you know, it's like fucking a year and a half later almost. But I guess that's what we live kind of with Game of Thrones and Westworld and such. Yeah, very true. You know, it takes time to produce quality. Yeah. How else would they come up with the scene where Janice is digging through the actual trash for her <laughs> wedding ring? Um, so... Moving on, then we do have uh, uh, we have AJ playing the drums, playing a drum set. I, now I will say I have heard worse drum playing in my life. I have been in bands with worse drummers than AJ, so you know, fair play. Didn't need, know you needed to spend five thousand dollars to get a, a drum kit. I guess that's one of those fancy ones. The ones we had in our band were literally free. Uh, we found them, 
So uh, it might explain the sound as well. But uh, Carmela and AJ are sort of arguing a bit. There's a bit of tension in the house because, you know, she drove Tony out. Oh, how terrible. Go get that thing from the garage. And then there's a bear. And I'm like, okay, cool. (laughs) There's a bear now. (laughs) Yeah, she does a thing. um, They're like, you know, a little passive aggressive arguing. I like that the house is also like darker now. Because, I yeah. mean, Meadow naturally left just for good to go to school. Now Tony's gone. And it's weird, though, because it's not like Tony... In a weird way, they're making it seem like Tony symbolizes the family, even though he was not there most of the time and doing shitty things. But between the the, the emptiness and now the, the house is very dark and... She sings something like, what, so nice to have a man? And then he's just like, yeah, well, fuck, fuck you. <laughs> you know, it's your <laughs> fault. Thought of that yeah. before, yeah. Yeah, and it is noticeably darker now that yeah. you mention it. I was, um, I didn't make a note of it, but I did feel like uh, the colors look a bit different as well here, sort of, especially indoors. They've always had pretty dramatic lighting when it, or coloring, I should say, when it comes to outdoors. But then indoors, we've had a conventional sitcom almost feel mm-hmm. to some of the production, you know, the the kitchen and all of that. But yeah. it is different, and the lights are off, and, and she goes running outside uh, when AJ's screaming, and there is indeed a bear. Uh, and I mean, this is probably not the hottest of takes. This must have been said, but like we've said ten times, how Tony's like a bear. Yeah. So I mean, that's got to mean something, right? Look, oh, I'm I'm no Phil, yeah. I'm no critic or whatever, <laughs> but it's got to mean something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I guess I think he was getting the pool vacuum or something, and it is happening near the pool. And you know, with Sopranos, it's always the you know the ducks, of course, and they represented the family, and they were in the pool. And now we're yeah. by the pool house again, or and and Tony the bear, or you know the two Tonys, if you will. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know AJ, it's it, it's got to be somewhat, you know, for Carmilla. Obviously, your child's in danger. This is you know uh, the adrenaline kicks in. You want to protect your child, but also he was just being a prick to you. So now that he's yeah. crying and saying, Mommy, there's got to be some small sense of satisfaction, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll give her credit and say maybe like afterwards, but she, I, you know, you see the look on her face. She's really like gone into mother hen protective mode. Like I'm going to beat this bear up. Um, but yeah, I mean, the obvious uh, parallel to draw is that much like Tony is sort of wandering into the house from time to time, not really doing much. Uh, he's just showing up uh, now and again, like the song said, this bear also kind of wanders in and out of their lives, causing yeah. havoc where, whenever it comes and then disappearing again without a trace. And they can't get the permission to like shoot it or set traps or anything. So yeah, it's it, animals in this show, man, they're doing, mm-hmm. they, they, do, they do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd say this is, also another good example of it um i haven't seen the next episode but i'm gonna assume the bear is never in the show again and never <laughs> mentioned but who knows maybe it will maul meadow next episode I, I can't say but it feels like it's there for a bit of uh, metaphoric spice sure and especially here in this instance when carmela is the one that scares it away uh mm. and protects the home basically um and then and the, the, this uh, i mean it's not a thing just the sopranos does but when I make notes now, and obviously when we're discussing it, I notice it so much more. They love to just cut to a quick scene because we cut to Tony and Valentina, like kind of for no, not really for no reason, but they do this a lot where it's just a nice way to break it up so we can cut back to the Sopranos house and there's some time later on. I mean, we yeah. get to an important part with Tony and Valentina, but this is just a quick, nice cutaway, break things up. We see that they're still kind of together and he's already 
you know, he's had his fill. Uh, they're post-coitus, and he's ready to leave. Um, and then we're back at the Sopranos house with animal control. Like you said, you know, there's not much we could do until he hurts someone or does something or we catch him uh, on uh, our lamp where we hit a microphone in trying to catch this bear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and uh, there's this flirty ex- eye exchange here with Carmilla, and I'm like, geez, are we going to have another one of these yeah. uh, on our hands? But I don't really think so. Um, yeah, and let's see. We, we go back to Tony and Carmilla almost straight away. And, oh, sorry, not Tony. <laughs> Tony and Valentina. And uh, I was like, Valentina, hmm. I, I tell you, even like, is that Valentina? Yeah, it's Valentina. Now, she wasn't, like, they weren't doing shit after ralphie died right so this is kind of reaffirming that or, or do, am i misremembering that yeah i don't think she really pops up uh once yeah. Ralph. yeah once ralphie died in season four we don't really see anything so yeah there was nothing to indicate they were still together or nothing to indicate that they broke it off but i mean i guess yes. things are still uh hot and heavy a little bit but the fact that tony's just kind of uh, chewing and screwing uh and leaving <laughs> i think kind of tells us where we're at Yes, and but it is it makes perfect sense because after Ralphie, it would have been like, okay, so I don't want to deal with this, and I think they did break up at some point, and that was the horse was the big thing. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, after his marriage falls apart, it would be really easy to just you know go back to Valentino. Why not? He's not he he's a bachelor even so to speak, almost kind of. Um. So yes, uh, they're watching this film. Uh, let's see, it's Prince what, of what Tides. Yes, Prince of Tides. And, uh, you know, I haven't watched it, but from what I gather, it's uh, Tony obviously remembering his own therapy days when he would rush out and slam the door, much like uh, this guy does on Barbara Streisand. So uh, good stuff. Yeah, I was going to ask, does that storm out within the movie Prince of Tides count as a storm out? Jim, I, I, I was so thrilled when this happened, even though it was in the film that I was like, Finally, we get one up on the counter, even though it's st- stretching the rules. Like, I kind of want to count it because it is specifically someone storming out of therapy. And then we get an even better one later, obviously. But, yeah, I- I'll count it. If, if you want to count it, we can count it. You know what? And I don't even feel like we're cheating, even though it may be in a weird way. We're almost cheating. But I feel like this counts because we've counted. We counted the horse. Uh, and, and this is specifically a therapy. It's kind of almost a weird stand in for the Tony and Melfi, Melfi situation. So I think we're counting it. I think so too. Let's count it. Throw it up on the board. Wrong one. (laughs) Okay. So we, someone died as well, I suppose. Uh, fuck you. Okay. Right. That's a familiar. Fuck you. Hmm. Uh, yes. So, uh, (laughs) Well, now we have to raise the death counter as well, Jim. You fucked it all up. <laughs> no, not yet. We, we Not yet. I mean, we will anyways, but no, don't raise it yet. Okay, we'll hold off. So if you're counting at home, we're at 14 stormouts, 39 deaths. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, Tony's really loving this film, man. He I, And why do you think he's smiling so much? What's he grinning about? I mean, yeah, he's... Because he, it's... Again, I haven't seen this movie either, um, but he's remembering therapy, and he's even kind of laughing that it's uh getting into this dramatic state like his old uh therapy days and he's thinking about melfi uh and valentine is even kind of making fun of him like oh look at this like goofy smile on your face yeah yes and uh i haven't 
seen it, like I said already, but if you go to the Wikipedia, it has this guy and this therapist laying in bed together on the poster. <laughs> so, like, let's assume he watched the rest of that and went like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. This seems like it, it'll work out. And he goes ahead and sends some flowers. And uh, I, it wasn't until after the episode, I was like, oh, Prince of Tides. Yeah. Like, it's because <laughs> I don't, like, we don't have that brand here anyway, but it's, yeah. it's fairly confusing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess he's just th- throwing it out a nice pun there, uh, expecting her to catch it, as sh- I'm sure she does. It's so corny, too. It's so corny. But I, I mean, I get yeah. what he's doing. But it's like from your Prince of Tide, and then there's Tide with the roses. Ugh, I'm almost like cringing for Tony with uh, what he's doing here, but I get it. Now, uh, I mean, we'll get into it a bit more when Melfi brings it up, but I kind of b- believe Melfi's take. It's obviously not he's, – he's once again – we've seen Tony do this before. He's confusing – the therapy for attraction, but also, I mean, of course there's attraction there too. Cause Tony does like these well put together, uh, to hit in his eyes. Anyways, uh, women that handle it all, all business, but he misses yeah. therapy, right? Yes. And if he had started by making the phone call that he makes later and went like, Hey, it's been a while. Do you want a coffee? I'm not saying that would have worked, but it probably would have worked better than first sending a shitload of roses with some Tide in it. Yeah. Uh, Cause I don't think that helped. That's kind of screams like there's something going on in my mind here. That's yeah. I probably need therapy even if I don't say I want it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm on your side with that. Uh, so yeah, Melfi gets the roses. Then we have, yeah, Polly and Chris are ta- telling the story of the Russian. And now to go back in the audience defense, because we've mentioned Chase's quotes about the Russian and kind of how he has disdain for people that ask about it. But here we are, like we said, this episode aired March 7th, 2004. The Pine Barrens episode aired May 6th, 2001. So it's been almost three years since this episode. Now, are the, is the audience wrong for thinking that him bringing it up here in this episode is almost like referencing it in a way and, and building people up into thinking that like there's going to be more to this? Yes, they're wrong because that's the opposite of what it is. This is them saying, fuck you for even caring about it because that's what they are saying there. It's like, oh, where where could he be now? That's true. Fuck if I know. Who the fuck cares? They like, who say- would give a shit about that? What kind of idiot would worry about that? That's literally how I took it as I, like a comment to the audience. You're right. I did forget about that part where yeah, he is immediately. They're like, whatever happened to him? Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I was laughing because I happen to know that he, I mean, he's not in it. I mean, it's not a spoiler because whatever at this point, he's not He's not going to pop back up again. I'm sorry if I spoiled that for you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so uh, the, I was just laughing at that bit. But then, of course, whenever you see uh, Chris and, and uh, Polly Walnuts getting along, I'm kind of worried because it's yeah. like never going to last. It's usually at the start of an episode and then it just <laughs> goes downhill from there, um, which indeed it does as they start blaming each other. And he says he lost a shoe. And I suppose that's very disrespectful or something. They're all laughing and then they almost get into a fucking fight. And then afterwards, it's like, Man, that was a good story. Why'd you have to go and ruin it? <laughs> yeah, we were just having fun. They were just yeah. laughing and having fun. But yeah, things they start kind of egging each other on. Yeah, Chris even kind of does like, oh, don't leave me, Chris. Uh, mm. They start getting to the truth of the story. And to me, I read this as Im- important to later on, too, because we're hearing them tell the story 
in a certain way and we know they're leaving stuff out and they're kind of pumping things up to make it look better in a way where it's like I'm chasing him I took a chunk off of his head and they're acting like it was so cool to me and and I don't know if I'm looking too much into this but Feech Lamana is telling his story later on about being in prison I feel like he's lying and I don't know I've never really even heard anyone talk about this before like I've heard people reference Feature story as like such a badass scene when he's talking about it. I went up to the biggest blackest and I just I nailed them and blah 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 and like I always read that as so cliche. I was like the Sopranos would not use the that's the cliche. You go up to the biggest blackest guy and you beat him up on your first day of prison. So I read that as like that's Feach also uh, amping up the story of how he was actually scared in prison and probably uh, not that he was a bitch, but I I don't know. Uh, I'm reading. Okay. I, I think that uh, I think he's a liar. Yeah, well, he's just probably running a card game in there, and he got held up uh, with you know a, a razor or whatever that someone smuggled in instead of a gun. Um, but yeah, the, I've actually heard that referenced on your podcast, Jim and Them, the yeah. line where that you've brought up in various situations. But is it? Uh, it, did it start here that line? Because you're the one I've heard references. Is there somewhere else where someone tells a similar story? Or because you did mention it's a cliche kind of to that me, sort of strategy. To me, it's a cliche because I remember even watching this when it originally aired. It was already like I've heard it in so many like crime movies or prison movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, because I I think I've specifically heard you quote that line. You know, in jest, talking about prison strategies uh, on Jim and them, Jim and them.com. So it was interesting to me, like, oh, that's this is where this that's from. But yeah, it could be a broader strategy than that as well. Um, so Tony makes a phone call to Melfi, and uh, you know, it's all fun and games until uh, I think yeah, he asks her out. She goes, ah, just can't do it. Clinical relationship all of that and he tries to joke it off but then he he is he is actually uh yeah he's he's sad about it is this when he uh shows up or it's not when he okay yeah this isn't when he shows up when she's running her weird group (laughs) therapy or whatever No, that's later (laughs) well as he does point out i will not be deterred and we shall speak of this again (laughs) he's uh he's putting on a front he's being another tony one we haven't seen before that sort of thing yes yeah but it's uh, it is it is interesting too that he's not going to pick up on the fact that this may work uh, with you know uh, just random women that he meets, but this is this is Melfi here. She knows him. They she, yeah. he's said things to her that he's not even said to like Carmilla as far as yeah. like uh, insecurities and uh, anger and whatnot. Uh, but anyways, yeah. Then the bears back at the Sopranos house. Now this is interesting too because this is this is like you mentioned before where the bear disappears and then but then it's like Tony appears so they're definitely laying it on kind of thick which is kind of fun uh because it's like she sees it out the window and she like runs runs down and then it's like it's gone and then all of a sudden Tony's just in the kitchen like he shows up it's like uh oh the harbinger of the two Tonys the bear was here yeah, there's a real Bruce Wayne type thing going on. You never see the two of them in the same room, do you? And, I mean, I think that ties into the ending as well when he's sitting there with the gun because, you know, this bear coming around and he, he's got to kill this bear. And I think he has some aggression here that he would, like... A bear showing up is almost like something not fun, but it's, you know, it's something where he gets to act in a certain way. He gets to send people over to to protect the house, even though he's not there. And in the end, then when he comes and actually sits there with the gun, it's, it, you know, in, in a way, him 
him keeping himself away from the house. It's <laughs> it's weird. It's it's layered, but it's uh, weird. Yes, and uh, I believe this is the one where where uh, AJ's playing the drums, right? And then Carmelo runs by the door. Yes. Yeah. Now uh, going back to promos for the Sopranos, I will say I remember them really milking that shot, and of course yeah. milking the shot of Tony with the assault rifle sitting yeah. in his backyard, <laughs> and they're like Sopranos season five. You know, the mob's back or whatever. And, uh, you know, they're very good at uh, throwing you throwing you for a loop with some of those. Now, uh, they do make mention, I didn't want to call out, they talk about the Cusamano's dog, uh, Estahaz. And I was trying to look yes. up, I was like, what is this reference? Like, what are they referencing here? And, I mean, all I could really find uh, is Estahaz, which was like a hunting castle that... Uh, Joseph Hayden um, wrote about, or he was an Austrian uh, Austrian composer. But there was also the writer of Flashdance was named Esterhaz, his last name. So I'm not sure where <laughs> which one they're. Uh, there's Joe Esterhaz, and then there's Esterhaz, which was like a a castle, and there's also like a an um. Let me see, because Joseph Hayden, he has an Austrian composer, the classical period. Because uh, no one, this isn't even on the Wikipedia, guys. This is exclusive. <laughs> Cut to black shit. <laughs> well, I wonder why they didn't include this. <laughs> I feel, it feels like we're trying to spot shapes in the clouds yeah. here because uh, I don't, I, like, my assumption was, and maybe I'm not giving them enough tri- credit, but I was like, Esterhaus, that sounds like what those fucks would name their dog. <laughs> like, that's the only thing I thought, not as far as who it was. But then there's always layers and weird yeah. things like that in Sopranos. So, well, uh, well done for trying to yes, investigate. There's also the Esterhazy family, the Hungarian noble family with the origins in the Middle Ages. I'm going to wow. go with Joe Esterhaz, though. He's the Hungarian American yeah. writer. He wrote the uh, screenplay for Flashdance, Basic Instinct, Showgirls, and Jagged Edge. I feel like the Cusamanos are big fans, and they named their dog after him. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's, that adds up. Uh, it adds up to me. Uh, Tony tries to sort of give them a tip, the the animal control guys, but they're like, oh, we can't take that, sir. And uh, so he calls them gay. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, now he's in well, the house again. Now he's drinking uh, juice out of the fridge and all of that. So. Uh, yeah, well, Carmela makes a comment like, oh, everything's gay with you. But meanwhile, the last person we saw ranting about gays was Carmela in season four yeah. uh, at Meadows yep. house. But yeah, you, it, it is kind of disgusting that he uh, takes the juice out and drinks out of the carton. Uh, I mean, it I'm fun- oh, good. I was just going to say about Carmela and her view on LGBT and the LGBT community. Yeah. Uh, she was the one saying last season that like, no, no, they're not gay. And that person's not gay. And they're not, you think everyone's gay. And that's, yeah. so she's kind of on the same path here. That's true. Fair enough. Uh, but yes, I mean, it's fine if he has juice, but the fact that he's drinking out of the carton, it's kind of like a weird alpha bear move, if you would. <laughs> uh, and then they start arguing over money. I mean, I guess that's one thing that uh, kind of going against a little bit of the Emmy Lou Harris song where it's kind of like, you know, they are saying, like, Tony won't go away, but then also he can't go away. I mean, he's coming and giving her money every week, and, you know, it's not like she's taking the rabbi's advice and leaving the nice house and turning down the money. I do applaud her for kicking him out and separating, but, we're, we're you know, that's why he's still going to be around. 
Yeah, and as she, I mean, they're still arguing about money. That's all they've ever argued about. Well, no, that's not true, but it's been a lot of it. And, uh, you know, she says she can't live on this, and, like, she has to get the college tutor to give, like, a receipt so that Tony will pay for it and all mm. of that, and points out that, oh, you're trying to control me through the money, which is the same thing he was kind of doing before as well. Uh, now, I don't know if they did sign one of those prenups, but it's like if... Uh, if they got divorced, she'd probably get a lot of money, except she wouldn't, because it's not legally money that exists. But yeah. then she knows stuff that you don't want, like, out there in a courtroom either. So, I don't know. I guess it's good they have an arrangement, but neither of them seems happy with it. Yeah, yeah. And plus, there's also the um, just the Tony old-school mentality. Or not even old-school, but, like, amongst his, you know, mafioso guys, you'd imagine that they'd they'd have to take pride in like well yeah you know we got divorced we're taking care of taking care of my family because uh yeah. there's even like weird comments like that we also get some uh exposition about furio that tony's been making calls around trying to find yeah, yeah. that immigrant and uh <laughs> you know he's dead and i like how it all ties together with the coffee like it tasted weird last time and then it's yeah. like and then he used to come over coffee and now the coffee sucks it's a great way a great way to walk out on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he tries to get him to move to a hotel as well while the yeah. bear gets handled, but uh, she doesn't agree to that, so he doesn't leave the hotel money. He just takes it and goes. Yeah. Um, now we get to see Junior as well, uh, hanging out with Feech, and they're you know drinking their wine. He's cooking the sauce just like they do in prison, according <laughs> to Goodfellas. Um, and he tells his little story, and it's nice to see Tony and him sort of... Uh, joshing around joshing each other you know it's a it's a pretty nice scene he says he wants to get back into business and it's interesting you know tony and junior kind of exchange a look junior kind of gives a little nod and tony's like yeah as long as you don't step on anyone's toes yeah yeah because it's interesting between the news report and what they've told us about it's like a lot of these guys are getting out at the same time we are seeing like an extension of the richie april uh, story in a weird way because we kind of saw that with him when he got out and we're kind of running similar beats with what we're seeing here with Feech. Uh, not that we're seeing him immediately like drive over someone and uh, start attacking, but I guess there is, like you said, there's that look which kind of tells us something. And yeah, he's Feech is talking about how he can't believe that broads don't have bushes anymore and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great character great scene to introduce this character i'll say and it was interesting that little nod because it, it i've started feeling like junior is kind of like you know uh sills co-concierge yeah. like he's also filling that role sort of thing because first it was like well junior is officially the boss is he like oh i'm gonna decide obviously that's not the case but tony does weirdly enough looking back on the seasons he trusts and listens to junior's advice and junior is going senile so i don't know where this season is going <laughs> yes yeah uh and then for, well and it is funny too how like feech already knows about the bear and then yeah. i don't know do they look to bob is bobby kind of the culprit because tony's like ah oh, what's everyone you know everyone's in my business or whatever uh, yeah that might explain <laughs> it because so, uh he's like who told you what's what's it on fucking cnn <laughs> and no it's just your wife's uh, in there or ex-wife or whatever and i think bobby just cuts in what yeah. does he say i'm trying to find it here um yeah because tony's like what people who and bobby's like i don't know and yeah everyone looks at him <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm, you're probably right yeah. i mean he would know through yeah. janice and everything so that's probably exactly what happened yeah and then we have uh chris and adriana now what's interesting here is that it does show Adriana is directly asking questions in a way. And I mean, we're the audience. We're kind of in on it, 
that we know she's at, and if it's been a year, she's been talking to the FBI for a while. But this is at least it's subtle, but it feels more direct because she's like, oh, who's going to be there? Like, what's this? What's that? Because Chris even makes a comment like, why are you asking questions? Uh, but then then we find out Chris is the low man on the totem pole. So he needs cash because he's going to be uh, paying for everyone's dinner. Yeah, uh, that flew totally over me. I think you're completely right about Adriana. But I just figured she's asking uh, who's going to be there. And he's like, guys. But then we see there are obviously girls there as well. So That's I was true. reading it more like, so who are you going to dinner with? But I think you're right. Uh, yeah. or, or it's a bit of both. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it is funny that he's taking her money. Like she's like 400 yeah. bucks. He's like, this is it. This is all you got. Uh, kind of more like it is. It's a nice extension of we saw Chris for like two seasons being like, I want to be a made guy. I need to move up the ladder. And then we saw him become a made guy and it's been nothing but annoyances uh, from then on as well. It's not all yeah. that's cracked up to be. Yes. And so we have, maybe you can enlighten me on the name, but one of the guys there showing up at the house to get the gun and yeah, the Benny. pitch or whatever, uh, which and I'm like, when I imagine where they have the gun, I wasn't like, yes, yeah, clearly in one of the pillars <laughs> with a grenade. <laughs> and I was not imagining uh, one of those weapons. I thought maybe a rifle, but uh, I'm an idiot. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like an assault rifle or like a Rus- Russian fucking assault rifle or something or other. Um, and yeah, it is interesting how they show the grenade uh, yeah. because... I mean, it's it's shown in a way that you think, uh, you know, what is this Chekhov's grenade or something? Because I, I and again, I'm not really speaking on authority of spoilers, but it's not like we're ever going to see that grenade again. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I felt that as well, that it was kind of like just showing how over the top it is. That's I, true. Yeah. I'm no gun. I know less about guns than I do about cars, but it looks like an AK-47. I play a yeah. lot of video games, so that's what I assume. And uh, grenade, you know, it's almost there like a little decoration because yeah. uh, when are you going to use a grenade? It's almost like. <laughs> I want to be a mobster like in the movies, so I need to have a grenade, even though it's not a great idea if someone comes and searches the house. But hey, whatever. Well, yeah, and plus maybe they they just want to amp it up a bit because technically they've done this gag in, I think, the pilot when when uh, Meadow's trying to sneak back into the house and then Carmela is like, we have guns, and then she, but then she grabs this like assault rifle and runs outside. Uh, so yeah, I guess we're going to amp it up. Like, Hey, we already did this gag, but don't worry. There's a grenade too. They get all kinds of crazy shit at the Soprano <laughs> household. <laughs> yes. Um, so next couple of scenes is, you know, a dinner features there. Everyone's there, guys and girls. And, um, Chris tries to make a move where he like goes to the bathroom and gets Polly to pay for the thing, which, uh, kind of works uh it's just a really tense uncomfortable situation like it always is when the oh, yeah. bill comes around um and uh yeah the next day Polly pulls up and says he he wants that money back because obviously he just paid for it because of the weird situation and he can't be seen going like oh i don't have money yeah so but then he's gonna get it back anyway so clearly <laughs> uh they're not getting along at the moment yeah, and if he doesn't have the rest, he's going to add points to it. Uh, it's basically going to be like a like a loan shark. Um, then yeah, then we have Tony at lunch with New York. We get Carmine, and I believe the other character is like a consigliere for Carmine. I, I think at least what Wikipedia is telling me, uh, Angelo, um, uh, and then yeah. of course Johnny Sachs there as well. Uh, and then what Carmine starts talking about? How he smells burnt hair. And that's like yeah. supposed to be a dead giveaway that <laughs> things going on, but everyone's kind of continues on with their conversation. 
Yeah, they're just chatting around about all these people coming out. Um, but uh, doesn't yeah, it, like this is exactly what I assumed would happen as well. Like mm-hmm. it's it's kind of predictable because the last episode of last season it was like Johnny Saxon and Tony like oh when I become boss, oh. yeah. and then like we need to move into that almost immediately. We see them at the hospital, and he even has to bring up like look, I didn't forget how you fucked me over. As like well, I could have fucked you over a lot worse. I could have told Carmine that you were plotting against him. I didn't do that. But uh, he's uh, shown himself to be not the most reasonable person. So this is what I expected. Uh, I don't really mind that, though. Yes. Yeah, I agree. And then we see Carmine Jr. still in the picture. He gets the news. He's, you know, anything he wants. I'm on the next plane. Uh, then from there, Tony's talking to Benny. He's asking him kind of questions. You know, who, who's coming by the house? Who's who's calling the house? Uh, you know, trying to get some dirt on Carmilla. Yes. And then there's a dream sequence um, where Tony's fucking Melfi, and it's like, out of the three people you'd think would be waking up, it's not Carmilla, but (laughs) is this actually, like, is this Carmilla's dream? Is that what they're saying? Well, no, it's Melfi's dream. Melfi wakes up. Oh, yeah, it's Melfi. Yeah. I'm an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, there's, uh, because that's kind of the the, the reveal, right? Because we're seeing this. We know it's a dream, obviously. But, you know, you're completely just expecting it's like going to either Tony wakes up or he's just staring off in the distance fantasizing. But no, Melfi's having the dream. Now, does this mean that she's... Can we edit edit that part out when I say it's Carmilla? I'm like, was I drunk when I watched this? I don't even know. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's fine. Everyone should know how stupid I am. Uh, Right. So then Tony does show up in a nice suit. Because he rang before and said, let's have some more therapy. And he comes in and he's like, this was all a ruse. I had to lie because if I told you the truth, you wouldn't have agreed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really pan out the way he wants here. And uh, kind of to show like where we're at in uh, like t- early 2000s, he says, I saw that guy on TV. What's his name? Dr. Phil. And it's yeah. given that Tony wouldn't quite know, but it kind of is also showing that like, he's a newer guy on the scene where now Dr. Phil, he's just a reference you make all the time. Uh, but yeah, then Melfi starts breaking it down that, you know, he actually just wants back into therapy and I think she's right. But then he kind of moves in and just kisses her and gives her the old, there's two Tony Sopranos and you haven't really gotten to know the other one, the bear or the non-bear. Yeah. Which is that true though? Cause She's gotten to know him more than anyone. Yeah. But, like, he's saying, like, no, I can be suave and a liar when I need to be. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you need, want me to lie at you and charm you? And, uh, yeah, I mean, she's obviously affected. She's, like, uh, kind of into it, like, as is said later, but also not. Because, well, we get into it in the next scene, I think, where where everything's described. But, again, he's like, yeah, well... We'll get back to this. Out of respect for this office, I'll leave, which is a great thing to hear. (laughs) That's so promising in a new boo, right? And I think in this is where he kind of does set up, like, where he does talk about how they've been truthful there, and you can tell me. But, I mean, later on when she does get into the truth, obviously he's not going to take that well. Uh, Then we get some shots of little Polly watching the house as well, and he's kind of getting a little spooked. And then he goes yeah. in to use the bathroom, uh, and he uses the wallpapered bathroom that we learned from, what, season two or whatever, or I forget the guy's name, but uh, one of Carmilla's almost flings. 
Yeah. And I, I, I felt like that shot was so weird, like him looking out the window through the blinds and then sitting down. It's like, is the bear going to jump in through the window? <laughs> but that's a different type of show, though. Uh, and then, yeah, we have Melfi at therapy. And, you know, she's talking about how she initially found him sexy. And, uh, you know, there's got to be there. You know, there's some danger there. That's why that's why chicks love Tony Soprano. He's uh, got the money. He's got the danger. He's big and he's uh, brute, and he's balding yeah. and fat. <laughs> so mm. of course, <laughs> and he, he looks like a pr- probably a construction worker, as Elliot would say, um, when he saw oh, him in yeah. that parking garage. Um, but yeah, Elliot's not obviously not impressed by the whole situation. Tries to help as best he can. Points out that uh, he is a psychopath, and the reason you were saying that it was because of because of ethical reasons you couldn't date is that you're afraid of what he might do. Do you want to call the police? What are you thinking? And to her, that's like not in the realm of possibility. Like he wouldn't hurt me, even though she kind of knows. Yeah, he's kind of crazy, but that's what I deal with. So she, she, you know, she's kind of into it and kind of not. And then they just ended on, uh, oh, maybe it's the Italian thing, and then they kind of yeah. like leave it at that. <laughs> yes. So uh, Christopher gets called to the principal's office, and Principal Tony tells him, "This is how we do things. What do you do?" And uh, the amount of money I had to pay for all these idiots when I was coming up. Uh, one day you're gonna have someone paying for you, and that you know it, it kind of works. But then, of course, we have a <laughs> Polly Walnuts making sure to spend as much money as possible uh, at this uh, yeah. Atlantic City restaurant, well, uh, which uh, which still pushes him over the top. Let me let me backtrack a little bit because it's one of the funniest moments to me in Sopranos history is this scene when Chris sits down and he says, is this about the Easter baskets? And then Tony goes, I don't even know what that is and I don't want to know. But I love <laughs> this idea that there's this story out there, something with Easter baskets that Chris is like, ah, oh, shit, Tony found out about the Easter baskets and it's kind of <laughs> left at that. Well, that's one of those things where I'm like, I assume that was something last season that I just didn't pay close enough attention to. But now that you mention it, yeah, that's nothing. And I don't know what an Easter basket is. Uh, but yeah, oh. it's sort of hinting at a whole yeah story. Yeah, basically all an Easter basket, like on Easter morning uh, with little kids, you give them a ba- like you either just give them a basket of like candy and it's just, you know, it's all made up and kind of Easter colors like pink and light green and all that or you get an easter basket and they go on a hunt and there's hidden eggs either around the house or outside so it's just a little kid thing but it's just so funny that (laughs) there's this is this about the easter basket so they (laughs) they did something (laughs) and i love that they just they just leave it there uh so great the reason it's lost on me is a uh, kind of different cultural thing where, yeah. yes, we do also have eggs and paint them and that for Easter. Mm-hmm. But as far as candy, you wouldn't go – well, maybe you would go on a hunt. But what you'd find would be an egg, like a cardboard egg, and then the candy's inside the egg. Uh, I don't know yes. if you do that at all, but we don't do baskets. We would kind of do that, yeah. Some, sometimes it would just be painted eggs, or like actual yeah. like hard-boiled eggs. Or, yeah, be a plastic egg with a little piece of candy inside. Or sometimes it's just candy in general or little candied it- eggs. Yeah, interesting. I mean, this is a side. <laughs> this is a real off-road here. But uh, yeah, so we 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 boil the eggs and paint them, and then we do this thing. Do you do this thing where you pick like sort of uh, hit them together, and then whoever's egg doesn't crack, you move to the next person, and you, it's a tournament of whoever's egg lasts the longest. So no, you know that's, that sounds uh, it cool. Has though. Nothing. It's fun. Has nothing to do with the Sopranos. Uh, but yeah, so the eggs I'm describing, they're bigger cardboard eggs. Like inside, there's a bunch of candy, and that's what ah. you go looking for. 
let's move on. <laughs> no, I, I think people like that. We will enjoy that. Yeah. But yeah, moving on. Yeah. And also, I mean, at Easter, it will often be like covered in snow everything still in <laughs> oh, sweden yeah. so so like you're not gonna walk around with a basket you need like i've been trudging through snow to a tree to like get down a cardboard egg filled with chocolate um yeah so anyway there's this dinner they're upset they sent over crystal uh Paula needs glasses funny line <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> yeah they're having this big dinner in atlantic city because they're kind of like uh showing their like the boardwalk and the casinos and whatnot um and I like that, like, yeah, there's this whole thing going on with Chris and Polly, and Polly's purposely running the bill up because he knows it's pissing Chris off. But then Tony's bummed, like, noticeably. Everyone kind of knows, like, hey, Tony, you know, what's going on? And Tony's kind of like the heart-stricken high schooler, you know, where his crush won't, you know, reciprocate his feelings or whatever. Yes, and he uses his conciliary to the best of his abilities. Like, it's abroad, to tell you the truth. And I wonder if Silvio puts two and two together because he says, like, that it's a friend that she's had, he's had for years. And it's like, Tony does, because he says it's a platonic thing. Tony doesn't have friends who are women yeah. that he's had for years, and it's a platonic thing. And Silvio knows this. So I wonder if he puts things together or if he's forgotten all about the therapy thing, given that it has been uh, years. Yes, yeah. Uh, we find out that the bill uh, is basically up to what eleven eighty four, excuse me, uh, eleven hundred dollars, uh, eleven eighty four, and uh, they're yeah. arguing outside over the bill. And they, right as things are about to come to a head, the waiter comes out because you know he only got he got a shitty tip of basically like fifteen bucks. Now, uh, yeah. typically, you know, that's like you want a tip. I mean, because I don't know what you're tipping. If we get into culture here again, I don't know what's Sweden or you're living in Ireland now if they are about tips there. But here in America, you're looking at minimum 15% tip. So on 1184, yeah. that should be $177 tip. Now that seems like a lot, but you yeah. know, think about it. That's that was a big table, a lot of rushing around, a lot of getting this, a lot of getting that. Uh, but you know, Chris tipped like 16 or 15 bucks or something like that. Yeah, uh, no tips over here unless you want to be real fancy. Like, you don't need to tip because I presume people get uh, paid more here maybe. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Uh, it's not expected usually. Um, I, I actually got a guidebook to Ireland, and I do live in Ireland now, but I got a guidebook, and it's like, tipping, oh, it's not expected, but, you know, you could do this much. And I'm like, nobody, I've not seen anyone tip that lives here. Like, we don't have any money. I live in <laughs> Dublin. We don't have any money <laughs> because of rent. So, uh, yeah. But clearly, these mobsters do have money, so you can't understand his frustration. He uh, he <laughs> he does come in at the perfect time to give them a common enemy. Yes. If there's one thing Polly and Chrissy thrive off, it's uh, beating the shit out of someone else. Uh, they throw a rock, or I mean, Christopher throws a rock, and then he starts, you know, spasming. And uh, Polly's <laughs> like, "Well, now he's he's gonna say we're hit him with a brick because we did." And oh, still going, this asshole. They just shoot him and drive the fuck out of there. Um, he's fucked that, up, Chrissy. He's yes. fucked. And then doesn't Chris say something like, "Though these people have medication or something?" Like he's acting like yes. he's like an epileptic, or but not not that he just got a brick thrown off the back of his head. <laughs> Yes, and they peel out of there. Now, before we move on, before we forget, we got to add this oh, one to the counter. Yes, absolutely. This, this is, is a good death. This is a good death, and yes, it does. It brings some friends together, so we got to throw it up on the counter. Very good. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, perfect. Yeah, he, he gets killed, and it's just the, the push they needed to settle their differences. Like a good death uh, always does, it brings people together. 
much like uh, you know, Carmine's still in the hospital. Everyone's being brought together over that as well, um, because that's the next scene with uh, with little Carmine or whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, he's he's falling apart. He's clearly not going to be the next boss. And Johnny's there, like, oh, we're all praying for him and praying so fucking hard that yeah. this fucking guy is going to live, <laughs> and so on. Yeah, and uh, it is going back to the the waiter. It's fun that Paulie's the one that thinks to grab the the check or the money because uh, yeah. Chris just kind of runs away. But then you hear like, "That's my money, Pauly. Uh And yeah, and then yeah, quick hospital scene. Then Paulie calls to bury the hatchet with Chris. And I like that they're kind of like, you know, uh, considering what happened. Like you know, uh, life's too short. Like they're kinda, <laughs> like they're the ones that caused it. Uh, yes. But they're kind of like learning from murdering a guy over nothing they're they're learning like hey you know life's too short you got your friends and uh your family so you might as well keep them together and chris is reading uh the search for bill w which i guess is uh the co-founder of alcoholics anonymous so i guess that is he is kind of staying on the straight and narrow so far which is good yeah that is good and and yeah, he. I think Paulie says, you know, who knows what could have happened. One of us could have got hurt. I mean, the implication is that they would have hurt each yeah, other yeah. if that guy hadn't shown up. Yeah. And uh, I, yeah, it's it's weirdly beautiful. Whatever <laughs> they get along, it's like, oh man, this is not going to last. But it's beautiful for now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, yeah. Then we have Melfi's group therapy. I, I love how it oh, just kind of drops. S- oh, go, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. Just quick question. They say. We'll split the tab, and I'm like, did they mean for the? Did they not steal the money back, or like, wh- what is that? Well, mean? what I think Tony's, I'm mean, not what Tony. What Paulie's saying is, yeah, Tony, uh, Jesus, Paulie, <laughs> Paulie stole yeah. the money back, but he's just gonna split it with Chris. He's not gonna give him, and it's it, technically it's Chris's money, but I guess it makes sense that was money spent that they got back, and now they're treating it like a score. Weird, yeah, because, like, wouldn't... I mean, they say, like, I'm not too worried about the police. They don't know us down there. But, like, if someone gets murdered and then the money's missing and it's that big of a tab, <laughs> it's not that difficult to put together what happened. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I suppose either way they're paying in cash, so they're not necessarily traceable. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they and, just split it. That's and it fun. kind of almost would shed light a little bit more on why Polly's being so agreeable. Because it's almost like even though he's already got the money, He's like, ah, I'll just split it with him. Like, rather than, you know, then we're going to be fighting over this money. You know, the money's involved. I think that helps pushes him into a more agreeable situation. Interesting. Yeah. Or is it, I don't even get it. I, I Are they talking about future tabs? I don't think so. Because Christopher is still going to no. have to pay for everything, right? Yeah. No, yeah. they're talking about that 12 hundo. That 12 hundo yeah. they came up on after killing someone. <laughs> So it's not like he would. Maybe he would just still have the tip in there. Uh, maybe he did go and pay for it, like because he wouldn't necessarily hold all the cash going outside the waiter. I mean, so maybe they actually did pay for it already. But but then no, he's yelling, think, "That's my money!" Over just like seventeen dollars. I think the waiter did have the cash because he's holding that okay. like the check thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's folded yeah. up, and Polly's just the one that's in possession of it. Okay, there you go. Makes sense. Then uh-huh. we have the group therapy. Yeah, and, and it just kind of drops. There. It just drops in on one of those like, when you do that, I don't <laughs> like it. Like it's that's not the exact <laughs> line, but it's it's just funny. It drops in on such a basic like therapy thing, and like, all right, good session. You know, we'll meet up next week. Uh, Everyone applauds as well. Yeah. You make me feel less than. <laughs> yeah, is what yeah. She says. And there's applause. 
Uh, Tony's got his tickets to Bermuda because he's like, like as he even says, I'm pulling out the big guns here. Uh, yeah, showing that he doesn't know what's going on. Like if yeah. if he called like again another week later, like, hey, okay, maybe dinner's too much. How about a coffee? Like maybe he'd get somewhere with it. But no, he has to show up with tickets to Bermuda. Like she points out, I declined your very nice offer of a dinner. So you're thinking I'm gonna go on vacation with you? Um, and he's that's showing that he's he's not in the right mind for it. But uh, he wants to know why, because he watched something and he knows it's not just about the you know doctor patient thing. And um, yeah, she she is truthful, and he doesn't like it. Yeah, our values are very different. Um, and yeah, she spe- spells it out for him, which is it's weird because Tony likes her because she's not like the other women he gets, you know, and we saw it a little bit with, uh, Gloria, even though she ended up being, you know, uh, damaged in her own way, but he likes her because she's not like the other women, but then he's using these standard tactics, like to, imp- he thinks it's going to impress her that he has a ticket to Bermuda or yes. whatever, you know, like if, or if he came in with some dumb, you know, horseshoe uh, <laughs> ring or earring or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, I guess it is because, you know, like Melfi said, he does want therapy, but he's confused and he's not reading it correctly. And he just thinks he keeps coming back. Uh, but then, of course, she, she breaks it down because she knows that, you know, he lies and steals and, you know, uh, he's does crime and he's already treated his wife like shit and he's treated other women like shit. And then we get the big fucking, I mean, I guess, yeah, we're going to throw another one up on the board because this is a storm out. Of course it is. Uh, Let's throw it up there immediately. Let me get this here. Let's see what we got here. Fuck you. (laughs) Yeah. And now is that the fuck you? I honestly, I couldn't remember (laughs) when I was watching it because it does sound like it though. Doesn't it? But he says that I've heard him say it other times, and I'm like, yeah. that's definitely it. So let me let me find it, or maybe you should find it to play it side by side, if possible. Yeah, yeah. Let me pull it up. Let me uh, let me pull up the episode here. It is 49 minutes in, 49 minutes, 15 seconds or so. Okay. Yeah. Let me pull it up and compare. I I feel like it isn't, but yeah, I think he's just nailing that delivery because I feel like I might have yes. pulled it from an earlier episode. Yeah, I think you mentioned that, but it, I was sure when it happened. I was like, that was the fuck you. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, this might be a... L- you. Oh, whoop, I just missed it. I went back too far. You're not a truthful person. You're not respectful of women. You're not really respectful of people. I don't love people. Maybe you love them. I don't know. You take what you want from them by force or the threat of force. I couldn't live like that. I couldn't bear witness to violence. This is still worth hearing, but he's about to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck you! Fuck you! Um, <laughs> those are them. Oh, is it? Maybe this is it. Now, those sounded like a little bit different. Can we play, play that back again? All right, let, we, me, let me pull it back a little bit here. All right, yeah, let me see. Just play them after one another, yeah. Couldn't live like that. I couldn't bear witness to violence or... Fuck you! Fuck you! Yeah, it's different because she kind of talks. Yeah. He talks over like a little bit of it too. You'd almost yeah. hear her. So damn, but that's so good. <laughs> that's Gandolfini though. That's Gandolfini yeah. nailing that delivery each time. 
course. Fuck you! Uh, it is good. I mean, jokes aside, it is also good delivery, and it kind of brings to a boiling point this whole thing that we've seen that something's not right under the surface. And she does say, I would like to make it possible in the future for you to come back, because that's kind of her showing concern as well, because guess what? No one else is going to therapy you. I'm yeah. going to therapy you. I've therapied you before, and I could actually do it, and I know where you're at, and uh, you just need to stop doing this season one shit, Tony. Stop <laughs> thinking you're in love with me like you did in season one, because yeah. that's not what we're about. Because um, it really is like he's he sees this movie, and it reminds him <laughs> of those feelings. Like He he hasn't seen her in, I assume, a year, yeah. so it's like not a real affection. I mean, he does have affection for her, but it's all twisted up and weird, and there's Bermuda tickets. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so this shows that he's, he wouldn't be able to handle that either, because like she says, it, in a professional capacity, yes, I can accept that you're a piece of shit, and I want to help you be less of a piece of shit, but that's I wouldn't want that to be my full-time job as your GF, especially since I know you'd be unfaithful immediately, and I could probably tell when you were as well, so uh, fuck you, Tony. You fucking cunt! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, she Tony. Was a bit shocked there, yeah. Yeah, that's Tony's <laughs> answer to that. Jacob, don't tell yeah. Tony. <laughs> Even though you just, yeah. you know, very succinctly broke him down. Whatever, you fucking cunt. <laughs> He's driving all mad. Um, yeah. And did, I mean, this brings us to the end where he shows up at home, tells his minion to go away because he's going to sit outside with that gun. Yeah. Uh, which also is not like a great indication that he's in a like the best mental state ever. Like, I need to shoot something. I need to guard Mikasa, my house, uh, this sort of abandoned castle that I left behind. I'm now returning to guard it, even though I'm not kind of not allowed inside it i'm still gonna guard it uh it feels like a meaningful thing i don't know how to, exactly to how to put words on it but it's one of those things where you know a film or a tv show can actually do something that is difficult to do in other mediums where he's there with a gun smoking his cigar and it feels meaningful yes yeah because also like uh he's also responding to uh you know melfi's rejection uh, yeah. And even though like he's been rejected by Carmela, he can still go and protect the house and play some sort of role. You know what I mean? He could still he could still try to be like a patriarch or like an alpha male in some way and protect the house from himself, <laughs> from yes. like the symbolic version of him. Uh, so, yeah, it's great stuff. I mean, even like the, the, the bear thing is a bit on the nose, but it's still used to great effect. And the fact that we don't have the therapy to uh, explain it, I think, is why they probably nudge it a little bit more towards a, a kind of obvious. Uh, but it's still there, and there's still a lot of layers to it to unpack. It still really works, I'd say. Yeah, I like it. And I will say, uh, you know, this episode clearly not as action-packed as the last episode or the last couple episodes, of, but that's always been kind of the case. You know, you get someone shot in a first episode, but usually it's kind of like incidental or, you know, it, it's not really important to the story. But uh, this episode, it does what a first episode of a season needs to do in that it throws a lot of new stuff out there uh, onto the board, specifically all these new characters. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, I, I love... Feech, is it? Yeah, yes, I love him. Feech, yep. So, like, all these other characters, I mean, Steve Buscemi, like, this is, um, I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how this is going to go in this season. 
Yes, yeah. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, good stuff in play. Uh, we're back in Sopranos. I think that they're always good with the uh, with the premiere. Besides maybe the the whole FBI thing with the lamp, that wasn't very good in my opinion. But otherwise, getting you kind of back in the mode, getting you getting back in Tony's uh, mindset, and yeah, ready for a new season. So I'm excited. Yes. Um, so before we uh, finish up here, just wanted to mention uh, we've been getting a couple of reviews on iTunes, which we very much oh, appreciate. Nice. Please do send in your reviews on whatever podcasting app you're using, really. Um, and specifically iTunes, though, it does kind of help us out. Uh, and let us know what you think. Uh, you can also email your thoughts on this season or upcoming episodes to shows what you know show at gmail.com, and we'll include your comments in the discussion. Uh, for more from Jim, jimandthem.com. I have a website. It's awesomepedia.org. Find lots and lots of podcasts and other goodies from us at showswhatyouknow.com as well. What else, Jim? Oh, there's only one more thing. Some would say the most important thing. Oh, what's that? Cut to black. <laughs>